0: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Patty O'Neill, and this is Eerie.
0: I'm you, Barbara
1: it's been a while since i've recorded (laughs) and it's been interesting to say the least um let's see In the last two months my oldest joined a lacrosse league which was a whole thing to adjust to because i am not a soccer mom Uh, and now I'm working from home, homeschooling my children, and trying not to lose my mind. So, that's going well, as you can assume. Uh, I'm not a fan of staying home all of the time. Uh, I'm definitely very introverted, but I prefer adventure and not being told what to do. (laughs) Like, there's something broken in my brain, uh... Or if somebody tells me not to do something, even if I completely planned on doing it, you know, on my own accord anyway. I'll immediately change my mind and do the opposite thing. I'm like Michael Scott and doing Pam's Mom even harder. <laughs> I'll do her even harder now. Um, anywho. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been a while. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Okay, so, it's taken me a while to, like, research this, um, subject today, um, and to get over my last episode, because it was traumatic, to say the least, um, but this is the first real motivation I've had for a wee bit, so hang with me, okay? Um, I kind of feel like the culture I was raised in was definitely against sharing what's been bothering you, um... I mean, I'm older now, obviously, Um, and I know life is hard of, I can't talk, (laughs) life is full of hard decisions and choices and things like that, Um, so I feel like I'm a lot less judgmental than when I was, like, a younger adult, Um, but for me, I felt like I was an embarrassment to my family, um, because I wasn't, like, considered a legitimate child, um, and I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Um, and that actually brought about a very deep depression for me, and, like, this gaping hole of a feeling or deep sense that I didn't deserve anything. Um, I mean, that coupled with the fact that I had undiagnosed obsessive-compulsive disorder and Asperger's, you know, (laughs) that didn't help anything. Um, the older I got, the more I tried to fill, like, this void inside myself for... Like, I felt like I had to earn some love because I didn't deserve it. Um, And to be honest, I legitimately hated myself for, like, decades, so I don't recommend that. Uh, I think um, that in an effort to change the world my kids inherit, you know, when I leave this world, and in hopes of making our society a little bit kinder, I think it would be a good idea for us to talk about mental health more. Um, and just, like, all the things that, you know, aren't considered, you know, something that you want to talk about on a daily basis or even acknowledge. Um, I don't know. Uh, For me, I tried to find love in others, um, and when I actually found it, I didn't think I deserved it and felt like he deserved way better than I could give him, so... Self-sabotage! Beastie Boys would be my theme song for my entire adulthood, for the most part. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, I became an adult, um, and I don't want other people to learn things the hard way like I had to. Um, I felt abandoned in a lot of ways, so I tried to create a family um, for myself by joining a sorority, um, but I essentially pushed everyone away with that as well, um, and I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time, you know what I mean? Like, I would just be looking around like, why is everything on fire? This is weird. Oh well, let me just go over here and pick daisies, and then, you know, realizing that you've, like, just been a horrible, horrible friend for... A lot of people but um I don't know I think mainly I want to encourage people to talk about what's going on with them um and if there's nothing wrong with you but somebody comes to you and asks for help or just needs you to listen whether that's like your sister your brother your friend your girlfriend your boyfriend your third cousin I don't I don't fucking know but I think I think that would be good for everybody and society in general sorry, I'm kind of rambling today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and also if you need medicine or if you're told that you need medicine, you should just try it and not feel like you've been defeated or that, you know, it's just another way that you're not worthy. because um, when I first, uh, got officially diagnosed with OCD, um, My doctor's like, yeah, you need medicine. There's no way you can manage this without medicine. Like, it's just, that's not a possibility. And, like, I cried because I was like, no! I don't want to need pills! But, I mean, now I have, like, mental clarity, and I don't have, like, panic attacks every day, and I can go to sleep. (laughs) So, I mean, pick your battles, I guess. Um... And I think I also wanted to say that um, Your value doesn't come from anyone else Like who, who you are to them How much they care for you Or what they think of you um, You are worthy of love as you are So you need to love yourself And know your worth And it took me 32 years to figure that out so, hopefully, somebody hears this before they're 32. <laughs> ah, I'm old as shit. Okay. Anyway, um, all that being said, for me, the hardest part of this quarantine has been a lack of medicine. Um, I was having a hard time getting in touch with my, my uh, primary physician. And uh, then once I did, they didn't want to refill my prescription because I hadn't been to the office. And I was like, well, I mean... I see you once a year and considering what's going on I'm not leaving the house to come sit next to sick people cuz I don't know what they have. Uh so eventually I got set up and got a refill and I feel like more regulated again but um I felt like shit for a while so hey now <clears throat> I'm back and more annoying and awkward than ever buckle up. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, I've been surviving on memes, my medicine, and chocolate. And I'm gonna try to switch that to memes, my medicine, and sit ups, but I'm a really big fan of chocolate, so whatever. Anyway, enough about me. That being said, this episode. Dun-dun-dun! Um, is all about the Enfield poltergeist, which was a case that occurred between the years of 1977 and 1979 at 284 Green Street in Brimsdown, Enfield, London, England. Uh, And honestly, I'm really torn about this one. It's, I don't, I just, like, I want to believe it. And I want to believe that they experienced all these things, and I wasn't there, so I can't be like, no, that was totally, definitely a hoax. But then there's other things that make me scratch my head, like, and then, you know, I've watched all the documentaries that they have um, about the family and the poltergeist activity, and then, you know, heard the, the, the audio of Janet um, me, ha- making, like, these really gruff male voices, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way that could happen! That totally has to be, um, you know, legit, right? And then, um, I was tipped off and told to look up one of these little, this cute, adorable little girl, um, that won America's Got Talent for a ventriloquism act. And she was younger than Janet was at the time that this happened. And I'm like, this girl's like belting out full on songs (sighs) without moving her mouth. So I can't necessarily say that it's impossible, so... <clears throat> yeah, okay, that's where I'm at with that. Anyway, so my first first experience with this story was the film The Conjuring 2. Do not judge me. I watch scary movies to relax, okay? Anyone who knows me knows I have a really deep love for scary movies. My freshman year college roommate... Like dealt with me watching Shaun of the Dead every day for like two months, and I apologize, Abby. I love you. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm a shithead. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so the film obviously is just an interpretation of the story. Um, You know, some things are similar to the events, but it's not necessarily an accurate representation or portrayal of, of. a historical fact because it's a scary movie and they're just trying to make money. And not only that, but we'll get to it. But there's like a whole Ed and Lorraine Warren love story in it and then I'm just like, Oh god, love and demons ah. I don't know. Okay. Anywho. <clears throat> I think it's important to note, um, what a poltergeist is when you look it up in the dictionary, it's A ghost or supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises noises, and objects thrown around. Um, so... It's actually from German, which means noisy ghost. Fun fact. Um, so I mean, I guess it's an accurate uh, description, but... mm, Whatever. Um... And the definition of a haunting is the act of a person or thing that haunts, comma, visitation. With that in mind, I feel like this is definitely a poltergeist case, but I'll let you decide. You know, I mean, eh, whatever. Okay, so, oh, go away, what are you doing? Okay, <laughs> sorry my tablet is misbehaving. In the, in the month of August 1977, Peggy Hodgson does report furniture moving in her daughter's room. They also report having fled the home to their neighbor Peggy and Vic Nottingham that night. Uh, upon him checking it out. Uh, okay, so Vic goes over to check it out for himself. Um, And he suggested reporting the strange activity to the police because he didn't know what else to do. Um, The police came in and did witness a chair wobble and slide, but could not determine the cause of the movement, quote unquote. Um, And the constable actually wrote in the police report that she could not explain the events that she witnessed upon responding to the call. Um, The report reads as follows. There were four distinct taps on the wall and then silence. About two minutes later, I heard more tapping from a different wall. The other police constable checked but could not find, um, but could find nothing to explain the knocking. The eldest son of the family then pointed to a chair next to the sofa. I then saw the chair slide across the floor. It moved approximately three to four feet, then came to rest. I checked the chair but could find nothing to explain it. That in itself is creepy. Just saying, even if that was all it was. Anyhow, the police, unable to do anything because there's no law against ghosts, um, they had to leave. There was no criminal activity. Um, So then on uh, October, I can't talk. I'm so sorry, guys. On September 4th, 1977, two reporters from the Daily Mirror came to interview the family. They were there for a while, but nothing happened. Eventually, they gave up, and while they were in the process of packing their items up and taking them out to their vehicles, the residents ran outside to let them know that the activity had started back up and to come back inside. These reporters stated that there were Lego bricks and marbles flying around the room, and they were not coming from the children or their mother. And a Channel 4 documentary, which I watched thanks to YouTube, uh, both witnesses to this event say they don't expect anyone else to believe them because... They wouldn't believe it themselves if they had not been there. So, that, I don't know. This one is on a fine line for me. I don't know. Um, Okay, so, the two people that spent the most time with the Hodgson family during this time are... Maurice Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair. Uh, They were both members of the Society of Cyclical Research... Maurice Gross was an electronics engineer who joined the society after his youngest daughter passed away in a tragic accident. Uh, Mr. Gross ended up with over 180 hours of recordings of this haunting. Uh, Mr. Playfair has actually written a book about the events that transpired entitled, This House is Haunted, The Investigation of the Enfield Poltergeist, which was first published in the year of 1980. Both men have since passed away, rest in peace, um, but both maintained that the events that transpired were real for the remainder of their lives. And I kind of feel like that's intense. Um, unlike the film, Ed and Lorraine Warren were not heavily involved in this case, or with the family, which kind of made me sad because I just like the idea of it, but <laughs> movies are movies. They're just pulling at my heartstrings, even though I'm a spooky girl. It's fine. Uh, so... Again, I found lots of differing information about how things transpired with the Warrens. Um, In some reports, the two showed up on their own accord and then were asked to leave by the family. Um, In other accounts, they helped for a day or two and then returned home. Um, In another source, it said something like, they showed up and were trying to get uh, Mr. Gross to uh, do something to earn money with this or make money with this. I don't know um, either way, I think it's odd, um, but I still enjoyed Conjuring too, because I'm spooky, it's fine, um, okay, <laughs> uh, I think I, I want to do an episode eventually about Ed and Larry and Warren at some point, um, and I'm really hoping I don't get, like, my little spooky heartbroken, uh, like, they weren't, like, super in love or something like that, because that would be tragic, and I would cry, a lot. So, mm, I don't know. We'll see. Whoa. Um, there weren't only bullet levers that, tur- <clears throat> that turned up at the Hodgkin residence. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, there were also skeptics and people seeking to disprove the occurrences as um, the handiwork of two young girls, essentially. Among the people in this category include Anita Gregory and John Beloff. Uh, Anita was a German-born psychologist and parapsychologist who fled Nazi Germany. She was actually a lecturer at the Polytechnic of North London, which is pretty badass in reality. They don't make any of these uh, skeptics seem so cool in the Conjuring 2 movie. Um, (laughs) John Beloff was a psychology professor at Edinburgh University, who was born and raised in London, and his family was originally from Russia. Uh, John served in the British Army in the Second World War uh, and he was actually a member of the Society of Psychical Research as well and served as its president from 1974 to 1976 so right before this case occurred he was the president. Uh, Other claims of activity in this um, haunting poltergeist case whatever included overturned chairs, children levitating, Fires igniting randomly in the house and then going out again on their own um disembodied voices loud noises toys being thrown at different people um I believe at one point they said like a bed had been overturned on top of Janet even um there are recordings of knocking and also the seemingly gruff male voice that I told you about let me see if I can pull that up give me a
0: Come on, let me hear you say that. Come on, let's hear you say Dr. Belloc. Say, say Dr. Belloff. Now, if you squeak in the bed, I can't hear you talking. Now, say Dr. Bellon. Come on. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. Remember what happened to you when you died. in the corner
1: downstairs the part that really gets me is definitely um this voice telling you how the previous tenant died um, and like how and where and then this information was later confirmed by the previous tenant tenant's son uh, so that creeps me out I mean I don't know I can't I can't pick one decision or another in this case but like that in itself really freaks me out anyway anyway okay so um ooh, over 30 people claim to have experienced things at this home during this time period some of these witnesses have absolutely nothing to do with the case other than walking by the home and hearing or witnessing something from the street which is kind of impressive um these are the things i have a harder time discounting if i'm being honest um, I mean, I mean, so many things are, like, here or there. Like, if you Google Enfield Polterge- Poltergeist, I swear I'll learn to talk for the next episode. <laughs> um, if you Google infield Poltergeist, um, there's, like, a famous picture of little girl Janet. And it looks like they, like, it's claimed that she's, like, being levitated from the bed. But then everybody else is, like, she's just jumping on the bed. Duh. Um, <laughs> So, there's a lot of, like, back and forth with what I think about this case. And I don't, I mean, the house I grew up in was haunted and my own mom didn't freaking believe me most of the time. So, like, I don't want to be like, no, that's impossible. But at the same time, like, well, I mean, logically, some of this other stuff could be, you know, them being up to some jokes. So, eh either way anyway so i can't nail this one down um and it's really hard to find solid like hard documented evidence um on the internet about this one which makes me more than a little mad um yeah to be honest real mad because i i like to i like facts like there's part of me that's, like, a super paranormal believer, but I also like to have facts, like, this is the day that this happened. This is the day that this happened. Um, so, mm, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, at the end of the day, I can't really make up my mind about this case. because um, I wasn't there. I didn't experience it. I can see lots of things that would be for or against it, so I have a really hard time making a decision on this one. Um... But, uh, I've seen some stuff on YouTube with Janet as an adult and she still maintains that it was definitely true, that it definitely all happened. Um, so let me see if I can pull that up so you can hear her take on it. Okay. Okay. I found the interview. Bear with me.
0: Yeah, so that I feel sorry for the girls really because I think they must have been under a tremendous amount of pressure after a while to come up with something um, you know come so up it with something something I not. don't think so you wasn't there love, you don't know you no, don't know what I went through no. or how I feel today no, I'm, I'm sure I don't know how you feel today it will always but be it... with me in here Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it well, I just know that Human beings do misinterpret things all the
1: time. Well, you have it's to not see so these to believe them, you know, and we were there, and exactly. that, that, That's mm. what it amounts to. You know, if, if you think I could have been deceived by this clever little girl for 14 months, Arthur Conan so Doyle to.
0: was deceived by the girls who he brought up the Cottingley fairies. Well, yes, but on, there were so many witnesses to this case as well as. And there were witnesses who didn't agree with this side of the story as well. Well, we'll have to leave leave it there um, and it is a fascinating discussion and I thank you all very much indeed for for taking part um, after your mum died Claire Bennett and her four sons moved into the house she reportedly said I didn't see anything but I felt uncomfortable there was definitely some kind of presence in the house I always felt like somebody was looking at me and she then found out about the house's history and said suddenly it all makes sense. They moved out after just two months. The house is currently occupied by another family who did not wish to be identified. Um, Thank you very much indeed. It is a compelling story, whatever anyone believes, and uh, and thank 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 you you very much for coming in. Thank thank you. 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 Uh, John Barrowman's here right after the break with Holly.
1: Okay, so I found that to be like the most intriguing interview that I saw with Janet as an adult because it it featured a woman who was trying to discount the haunting as well. And she she seems to genuinely believe all of the occurrences. So I don't know. I think that's that messes with me more than anything. <laughs> that as an adult, she's still like, Yeah, it was real. I don't know. Okay. Well, That's all I have. It's a short episode for this week, but I'm, you know, you know, medicated and doing better. So I'll try to get back into the swing of things. I hope you all are well. Stay creepy. Talk to you next time. Bye.